the non-concentration, huh? <laughs> but mixture, huh? mixture, concentration and insight. Okay, because to directly go to insight is not so easy. We we have to develop a little bit concentration first before going to insight. So today I will talk about contemplation of mind. Huh? Before we start, let us pay homage to the Buddha first by reciting Namo Tassa three times. Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambuddhasa Okay, so today's title is Contemplation of Mind. It is one of the four foundations of mindfulness. You know all the four foundations of mindfulness? Number one is contemplation of the body, which includes anapanasati. We have practiced yesterday. Yeah? The second one, contemplation of feelings which also will be included in today's practice. Number third is contemplation of mind. And number four, contemplation of mental state or Dhamma. So among these four foundations of mindfulness, feelings, mind and mental state all belong to mental. Uh, contemplation of body, only one belong to physical. So from here, you should understand how important it is to know how to contemplate the mind because it takes three foundations of mindfulness. So and another reason why it is important to contemplate the mind because Buddha said, huh? to let go of clasping of the body is relatively easy compared with letting go of clasping of the mind. Because the aging, the pain, the decline, the turning, uh, the, or the physically turning to you know, uh, hair, wrinkle, uh, turning to gray, the skin turning to wrinkle, getting old are very easy to discern through this body, right? But because of changing of the body, you know, getting sick, getting discomfort, then un a lot of unpleasant feeling in the body, all these are easy to listen in the body that easily arouse our revulsion towards the body. And when body gets sick, we feel very disenchanted huh, towards the body. But it is not easy to get the revulsion towards the mind. Why? Why? Huh? 
Are there replies? Why? The mind creates revulsion. No. Why? Why we? Why we? Uh, we easily get revulsion to the body when the body change. Yeah, get old, get sick. But it's not so easy to become this dispassionate towards the mind. What is the reason? Yes, attachment, because we, for a long time, that's what Buddha says in Sangyota Nikaya, for the long time, our, we cling to the mind, we cling to the mental state, we cling to our emotions as I, my, myself. That is the answer. Yeah? Because long, long time, since long, long time, we cling to the mind, our mental state, our emotions, as I, my, myself. Therefore, it is very difficult to let go the grasping of the mind, compared with the grasping of the body. And it is because of that, it is very important to learn the skill how to contemplate the mind so that the mind will not grasp uh, the, the emotions as I, my, myself. And the second reason is why it's important to know, to contemplate the mind because all defilements come from the mind. And the body listen to the command of the mind. Huh? For example, when you get angry, then you want to utter hard speech to other people. And the speech follow the mind, which is mental state. And when we, when we utter harsh speech, we create unwholesome karma, unskillful karma that hurts ourselves and hurts another party. So all the deformance come from the mind and the verbal and physical action follow the command of the mind. So in order to protect ourselves, not to commit so many unskillful actions, we have to learn how to contemplate the mind so that the verbal actions and the physical action will not follow all the emotions. So do you think it's important to learn this skill? Yeah, definitely. definitely. Okay. That another reason I want to teach uh, contempla contemplation of the mind because uh, I have uh, when I talk about contemplation of the mind, many of my students uh, told me, how can I know my mind if it's not manifest through the body first? For example, one of my students said that when I get angry, I only know I get angry when I feel the body temperature raise up. So through the manifestation from the body, he knows his mental state. And another friend, another, uh, another uh, student said that I only know my fear when I feel the stomach ache. So many people, uh, I, was very I was very shocked and surprised. They have to know their mind 
through the manifestation of the reaction of the body. But for me, I can just directly know my mental state. For example, you know, let's say worry, anger, greed. I just know I don't have to, to, to let the anger go through my body and, and notice the reaction of the body in order to understand my mental state. And uh, initially, I don't understand why, you know, why all these students have, have to, you know, have to know the reaction of the body in order to know their mental state. However, how do you feel your mental state? Before I proceed, I just want to know, how do you feel your mental state? Is it also through the physical? You can directly know your mental state. Sometimes, not all the time. Okay, who can know directly from the mental state? Oh, very good. <laughs> very good. If you can directly know your mental state without through body, it means your mindfulness is fast. Good. Huh? Those who only have to know through the body, it means the mindfulness is a bit slow, not precise. So you are all, all of you are good meditators. <laughs> okay. So when you know your mental state, do you identify your mental state as I, my, myself or not? Yes. yes. <laughs> the, the answer is very firm. <laughs> firm. <laughs> if you, so if you, if you uh, aware, if you know your mental state, and yet you identify your mental state as. I, my, myself, then it doesn't help much, <laughs> right? Even you know your mental state, so what? <laughs> because you still identify it as I, my, myself, right? <laughs> okay, so today we are going to learn huh? how to not to identify with it. Before that, let us come huh? see the, what Buddha taught first, uh, contemplation of mind. In the Four Foundations of Mindfulness, Buddha said, Here a bhikkhu understands mind affected by lust, and mind unaffected by lust as mind unaffected by lust. This sentence already points out to you how to contemplate. So he said, uh, let us see again. A bhikkhu understand my affected by last as my affected by last. Buddha didn't say that. A bhikkhu understand my affected by last as my mind as affected by last. Right? So from this sentence, it clearly tells you no identification. Lastful mind as lastful mind. We do not identify lustful mind as my lustful mind. But because uh, in our mental stream, this ident identity view is very strong. That therefore, we cannot see what Buddha meant. <laughs> okay, so another one, my unaffected by lust as my unaffected by lust. So you see mental state as mental state, not my mental state. 
Alright, okay. Following. He understand my affected by head as my affected by head and my unaffected by head as my unaffected by head. So when you get angry, uh, the mind knows anger has a reason. But you understand anger as anger. Anger as mental state, not my anger. How to achieve this one? So mentally, you should contemplate. Huh? When anger arisen in your mind, you should contemplate. First, you know. Knowing is very important. Knowing called mindfulness. Huh? Mindfulness, know what is happening in the mind at this present moment. Then secondly, you apply wisdom. Huh? So wisdom, note this anger state just as anger state. Not my, not myself. So now I'm teaching you skill already. Huh? <laughs> so first you aware. Oh, anger has a reason. Huh? You must aware first. Then secondly, in order not to let you identify anger as myself, you apply the wisdom, understanding. So mentally you note huh? anger as just a mental state, not I, not myself. You got to know in this way, in order to strengthen your understanding, anger is not I, not myself. If you do not note in this way, even you are aware of your anger, you still cling to the anger as my, myself. Okay. So when you note anger is not I, not myself, it's just a mental state mental state, then sometimes you can investigate what causes the anger to arise. This is called uh, investigation of the Dharma, which is one of the seven factors of enlightenment. You know seven factors of enlightenment? Number one is mindfulness. Number two is investigation of the Dharma. And this investigation of the Dharma is largely ignored nowadays. Especially for those who practice only mindfulness. They're just mindful, mindful, they never investigate. Right? You practice, you know. Huh? Which is not enough. Not enough. Mindfulness itself cannot penetrate into three characteristics of the Dharma, Anicca, Dukkha, Anatta. Huh? Mindfulness itself cannot see impermanence, suffering, and non-self nature of all phenomena. Then, which mental factors cease? Which mental factors penetrate into three characteristics of impermanence, suffering, and non-self? Which one? Hmm? Yes, investigation, wisdom, same meaning. Huh? Insight, investigation, wisdom, all are same meaning. So wisdom or investigation penetrate into three characteristics of all phenomena. Therefore, mindfulness alone is not enough. Okay? So when you know your men uh, mental state huh, has a reason, anger or greed, 
first no mindfulness no no not enough you yourself know because the identification still there you identify it huh? subconsciously you identify it my anger my anger my anger that's why you react according to your anger but if you can note or contemplate anger is just mental state mental state huh? not I not mine doesn't belong to mine doesn't belong to me uh, and it's a it's the effect of a cause Go to mental, mentally not in this way. It's an effect of a cause. Then sometimes you can uh, trace. If you note in this way, anger subside. Then it's very good. But if anger does not subside, then you trace back the cause for the arising of that anger. When you can trace the cause, let's say abusive word, huh? Let's say you are sitting in a coffee shop, huh? very happily enjoying your coffee. Suddenly, uh, your enemy approach you and utter all the abusive word. So the anger which is latent now come to the surface because of condition, right? Because of the condition. So now, what is the cause for the anger to arise? Abusive word. Huh? So abusive word is the cause. And the anger that has arisen is an effect. So when you can investigate in this way, you understand anger is conditional, not permanent. Nah, not permanent. It's conditional because of trigger, nah, trigger, which is abusive word that impinge your ear sensitivity. Nah, so Buddha say dependent on contact unpleasant feeling arises and because of the unpleasant feeling activate the anger which is latent in your mental stream so if you investigate in this way you understand anger is just an effect of a cause and by understanding cause and effect you remove the perception of self a person a being this is how you can remove identity view. Therefore, huh? mindfulness alone is not enough. Okay. But I want to add something which is more profound. You understand now anger has arisen in you because of the trigger, huh? abusive word. And let's say when the anger, uh, when the abusive word has ceased stop will your anger remain there or not have you ever investigated why because according to dependent origination dependent arising when there's contact there is feeling when contact ceases feeling ceases according to dependent origination now Abusive word ceases. Contact, ear contact ceases. So unpleasant feeling should cease together. But through your own life experience, you feel that no, anger has not ceased yet. <laughs> anger still there. The body still feels very hot. Okay. Have you ever investigated why? 
Okay, tell me why. This is very important in our life. <laughs> you add to a proliferation thought. Pre proliferation thought, okay. How you proliferate it? Um, so the abuse of word occurs. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, there may already be past experience where you've been hurt. It opens that up. Mm. When you begin to obsess upon it, instead of letting it go, you grasp it. And you elaborate more thoughts. How, 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 why do people act like that? Uh, I was, you know, why me? <laughs> I, was, I was just sitting here, I'm a victim. You know, any, all sorts of nonsense. I hate them, <laughs> that's a good point. All sorts of nonsense, and you torture yourself. Yes. Uh, so yes. So we torture ourselves through our own mind, right? The abusive abusive word already stopped, but our mind <laughs> keep on thinking. That, so we are not tortured by others. We are tortured by our delusion. Delusion. Okay. What's your answer? Yeah, I was just gonna say, keep thinking about it. Yeah, replaying it in your mind or um, thinking about what you should have said. Okay. So, so through my own practical experience, now nah, I understand all the thoughts are hurtful. <laughs> All our thoughts are not a real one. We create our own suffering. Yes. Well, just one last thing, and there's a habit of continuing to attribute it to external causes, even when you're doing it to yourself. Okay, good. Okay, now since we are practitioner, right? So we should not behave in that way anymore. <laughs> if we still behave in that way, then our practice become worthless, right? So how now? How to stop it? We have to find a way to stop it. We don't want to suffer. <laughs> so how to stop it? Mindfulness, Mindfulness alone is not enough. <laughs> you learn very fast. <laughs> okay, so I always investigate, no? so I always find out the source because I do want to suffer. <laughs> we, this all are effect only. We cannot tackle the effect. You tackle the effect is useless. We have to tackle the cause, right? When the cause stops, effect will stop. So I investigate. No? The sound has stopped. Abusive word has stopped. Why the anger has not stopped, has not subsided? Then I realize because I cling to the anger as I, mine, myself. This is the main cause. And because of that, you profit, proliferate it. Uh, so the main cause is because we cling to that anger uh, as I, mine, myself, and depend on this. Then keep on thinking, why me? Why he hurt me? And then the thought, all, type, all types of thought arise owing to the grasping of that anger as I, my, myself. So how to get rid of this identity view? How? Hmm? How to, no, since the source, the cause for our suffering is we identify the anger as I, my, myself, that uh, proliferate 
is what the thoughts various thoughts so now how to kill the cause how to punish the cause so the mind will not cling to that anger as I mind myself yes I have told you before already <laughs> I have told you before and you, only you can answer <laughs> that's why uh, this Dhamma is very prof profound although you listen one time uh, it still does not fully go into your mental stream that's why you cannot answer right <laughs> you have to listen many times so listen to Dhamma talk is always helpful because sometimes when I bring out certain important point but your level is not reached your understanding has not reached that level yet that you cannot grasp it so so through my teaching experience you know, I always feel that I don't want to repeat what I say because I also feel boring <laughs> to repeat what I say then I think audience also will feel boring you know, to listen the same thing again and again but through my teaching experience, finally I realized, oh no, only few of them grasp what I say. <laughs> no, only few understand, really grasp what I say. Therefore, I have to repeat again and again until what I say goes into their consciousness. Only then they can apply what I share with them. So sometimes I ask questions in order to get to know the feedback whether you really understand or not if you cannot answer I know you, you do not understand correctly then I have to repeat again right so in order not to become the victim huh, of, our, of our identification that anger or greed or fear or any emotions as I my, myself you have to contemplate them directly as, uh, as just a mental state. All mental state, Buddha say, all mental state are impermanent. Huh? But why it seems so permanent? It seems lasting long time, the anger lasts for two hours. Even tomorrow is still there, you know. Buddha say all formations are impermanent, but why? What? Why I experience all the mental state, all the emotions as permanent, permanent? It's not accordance with the truth. Why is it so? So investigation is very important. Don't let the anger, uh, how to say, don't suffer for the anger again and again. We are practitioners, right? Use the power of inner strength to investigate why. Why it seems permanent because of our grasping because we ourselves do not want to let go <laughs> we grasp the anger as I, my, myself we deeply, we strongly grasp it how can it disappear? right? for example, I grasp the handphone no, I grasp so strongly how can I let go the handphone? I only can let go if I I only can uh, let this handphone go away from my hand by letting go, right? Similarly, huh? if we grasp the anger or our emotions state so strongly, even though the 
all the emotion want to leave you. Nah, anger say, I want to say goodbye to you. Nah, fear say, I want to say goodbye to you. Nah, worry, anxiety say, I want to say goodbye to you. But you trust me so strongly. I, I cannot go. I cannot go. Right? Okay. So you must understand how your mind work. Ah, this is how your mind work, because of grasping. They also want to leave you. Huh? They also want to leave you, but you grasp it very strongly, so they cannot go. So the only way to let go is to contemplate. Huh? It's not I, not my, not myself. It's just a mental state arising owing to certain causes, owing to certain triggers, triggers. Huh? And if you can contemplate it as not I, not myself, as cause and effect, then it loosen your grasping. You, it also depend on the power of your insight. Huh? If your power inside, a power of your insight is strong, it let go immediately. But if you are still new in this practice, it may take some time to let go. Better than hold it for hours, right? <laughs> so if you contemplate in this way, it teach your subconsciousness to let go, to let go. And first time, you let go it after 20 minutes. And you practice again, second time, you let go of it 10 minutes. Third time, fifth time, finally, immediately it arises, immediately you can let go already. Then, if you can let go Im immediately whatever emotion state arising in your mind, immediately, then you will never suffer from your emotion states. <coughs> it makes sense or not? <laughs> Then put into practice. <laughs> yes. I, I find that um, it's easier to apply this contemplation without being not mine, cause and effect, because the anger is immediate. Mm. But when you're so grasped in anger mm. or a state that's maybe years old, mm. at what point do we skillfully say, okay, this contemplation isn't working, I'm going to apply the antidote, and do loving. The long time, I mean the long, long hurt, long is it? anger, for example, or anger that's happened for two or three years. Then you contemplate impermanence. Because you, you think it's permanent. <laughs> you already consciously, you already think it's permanent. That's why you say long, long same anger occur again and again. You know, your perception, you already wrongly perceive that anger is permanent. But sometimes it doesn't work. I'm still caught in anger. And I guess my question is, when, when do we skillfully say, okay, this is not working for me right now, let me apply loving kindness mm. or another answer. Okay. When do we know as students? If it's bother you. Huh? If let's say you, uh, uh, you contemplate anger as non-self, permanent, cause and effect, it doesn't work because sometimes the anger is very deep, deep rooted. You know? If it doesn't work, then you can, as you say, you apply loving kindness. See if it works or not. Loving kindness. But don't directly apply, send loving kindness to your enemy. It also <laughs> it wouldn't work for you if you don't have inner strength. Huh? So, uh, send loving kindness to yourself first. May I be free from all anger. Huh? Don't direct send to your enemy if you are not advanced meditated. Huh? To yourself first, then to your respectable person. Then when your mind becomes happy, you can try send loving kindness to your enemy. Okay. If it doesn't work again, then replace your mind with other wholesome thought. Let's say listen to Dhamma talk, pick up a Dhamma book and read temporarily ignore that mental state which bother you for so long. This 
ignoring is very good also. Huh? Ignore it. Or if your mindfulness of breath is is good, go back to the breath. Take a deep breath. Pause. Huh? Then until we cannot breathe, then breathe in, breathe out. Then all anger will, will subside. Yes. Yes, 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 of course. Yes. Take a deep, deep breath. Huh? So there are many skillful means. Don't suffer from our deformments. Huh? We must be skillful. Learn the skill how to handle with all this emotion which make us so unhappy. Huh? We suffer for nothing. Right? Okay. So from what Buddha say. Uh, uh, Buddha said, uh, when the mind is affected by lust, you know, uh, it's affected by lust. If it, when the mind is affected by anger, you know. Uh, when the mind is affected by delusion, you know. And know the mind as affected by anger, greed, and delusion, just see them as a mental state. Not my anger, not my hate, not my delusion. Okay. Then another one, he understand, understand contracted mind as contracted mind. Contracted mind means law and topper. Okay, how you contemplate law and topper? I have very good way to contemplate law and topper. <laughs> I'm very skillful in contemplate law and topper. Huh? But it needs very strong mindfulness. Let's say when I con uh, mindful of my breath. Mindful of my, of my breath. The moment my mind becomes a little bit dull, I know already because of sharp mindfulness. Huh? Then I dig the breath and look at this dull, dullness, dull state of mind. When the moment I look at it, I can see clear again. Then go back to the breath. I also teach to my student and he follow me. Is it very effective. So today I teach you so many skillful means. <laughs> okay, learn this point. Huh? Slow and proper is one of the hindrances. You have to overcome it. Okay. And also, uh, as Buddha said, he understands contracted mind as contracted mind. When I see my slow and proper, my mind never think it is my slow and proper. I don't have this identification view. I just know it's a mental state. The dullness, dull, dull, dullness of mind. Uh, it's a, a, a slow, uh, how to say, slow and topper state of the mind. So I never think it as my slow and topper. This how Buddha say. Huh? He understand contracted mind as contracted mind, not my contract contracted mind. Okay, the next one. He understand concentrated mind as concentrated mind and unconcentrated mind as unconcentrated mind. So while you are practicing anapana, huh, when the mind gets concentrated, you know it's a concentrated mind. Don't cling to that concentrated mind as my concentrated mind. Right? Keep, huh, bear in mind. Huh? When the mind is concentrated, don't take that concentrated mind as mine, my, myself. Just view it as 
concentrated mind as concentrated mind only, without adding any ingredients. Okay. Now we come to insight. Huh? So this is called mindfulness. Mindfulness. Next insight. In this way, he abides contemplating mind as mind internally, or he abides contemplating mind as mind externally. Nowadays, many people teach internally. Very few teachers teach contemplate externally. Right? Because externally, externally, how can we contemplate? We can by inferent knowledge. By inferent knowledge. If you have great anger and delusion, then you contemplate externally, external people. They also have great anger and delusion, right? So when you see an angry person, huh? when you see an angry person, how you, how you contemplate externally? You see his anger as anger mind. You see his mind, the mind is affected by anger as his mind, as mind affected by anger. If you can see in this way, you lose the perception of being, of he, of she. Then you will not get angry with him. <laughs> right? Because you have the perception of he, she, she make me angry. Then your anger become, how to say, exaggerated. Uh, you become more angry because you hold the perception of being. But if you can see, once you become skillful, contemplate internally, you know your anger, mind as anger, mind, not my anger. Then you apply the same knowledge to the external beings. So when they get angry, you know, you try to contemplate his anger, mind as anger, mind, not a person, just like you contemplate yourself. This is how you can let go your anger to external beings. Isn't that good? Put into practice. <laughs> okay. So he abides contemplating mind as mind externally, huh? other people, other people's mind. Okay. Or he abides contemplating mind as mind both internally and externally in order to make your insight sharpen. Huh? Sharpen your insight. You abide, contemplate internally your mind, different state of your mind. Let's say your fear. Huh? You know it. Fear is just mental state. Fear, to me, fear is imagination. I, I regard fear as imagination. Because you fear of something which is not yet happened, right? Something which is not yet happened is just imagination, not real, not reality, not reality, right? So when you have fear, you should know it's just imagination. It's not real, not real, not reality, not yet happened. Same as worry, anxiety, all this is imagination only. Because you think it's real, that's why you suffer from the anxiety suffer from the fear. Okay. However, if you cannot get rid of it, huh? when fear arises in the mind, know it. Mindfulness, know it huh? as a state of mind only. As a state of mind, then uh, 
free from the identification free yourself from identification might contemplate it as fear as fear fear as only mental state is an effect of the cause what's the cause? imagination is the cause <laughs> so if you think in this way internally then you apply externally because nowadays many people suffer from the fear emotion of fear so when they have the fear you also understand it's just a mental state not a person huh? not a person just a mental state so you abide internally contemplate it internally externally internally externally again and again then your inside knowledge become very sharp penetrative am i giving you too much information <laughs> too many informations <laughs> no okay or else he abides contemplating in mind is arising factors or he abides contemplating in mind is vanishing factors so this factors mean the factor the cause the arising of that mental state this is investigation of the dharma right uh, he abides contemplating in mind is arising factors huh? what factor cause that mental state to arise so you must contemplate you must investigate then he abides contemplating in mind both is arising and vanishing factors when you investigate the factors that cause all the mental state to arise then you contemplate is impermanence the cause also impermanence right the trigger also impermanent just i say abusive word this person will not abuse you for the whole day he also he also get tired <laughs> right <laughs> after five minutes he also get tired because anger is very unpleasant when he abuse you he has a lot of anger that anger also burned him he also want to stop that <laughs> as soon as possible so he may abuse you only five minutes enough for him to suffer huh? enough for him to suffer also enough for you to suffer <laughs> so so you contemplate huh? the trigger also impermanence right if the trigger is impermanent how can the effect permanent Log not logical not logic right if the trigger is impermanent and the effect is permanent then it's not logic so according to logic huh? american like logic everything must be logic <laughs> so if the trigger the cause is impermanent the effect of anger must be also impermanent huh? it becomes permanent because of what i'm testing you yes right good very good <laughs> now you can become very receptive it becomes permanent because of your grasping grasping if you can learn this one in today's lesson worth already no need to meditate already <laughs> bear in mind in your heart huh? okay Okay. Contracted mean mind becomes slow, uh, becomes sloppy. It's called sloppy. Slow and topper. Slow and topper. Become drowsy, slow and topper. So when the mind becomes drowsy and slow and topper, you cannot grasp the breath. It becomes so unclear. Then no point. No, pay, no point walking on the breath. So I, 
my technique yeah, I directly look at not I la mindfulness <laughs> mindfulness <laughs> mindfulness directly look at this this state of mind I can feel it very clearly because I practice for so many years already I, when the mindfulness directly look at this slow and topper within one second I can feel the slow and topper goes away and the mind becomes clear again but you need very strong mindfulness if you, your mindfulness is blunt uh, the mind becomes so drowsy only you want to look at this slow and topper too late <laughs> uh, slow and topper take over you already so if your mindfulness is sharp fast, precise, the moment any state of mind arises, the moment it arises, the moment you, the mindfulness knows it, it immediately clear, pass away, same as restlessness. The moment you, the mindfulness knows restlessness, it stops there, it stops there immediately. Why? Mindfulness is wholesome mental state. Restlessness is unwholesome mental state. When there's mindfulness, which is wholesome mental state, unwholesome mental state cannot coexist. Right? Cannot coexist. You got it or not? Okay. So when there's mindfulness, huh? all the mental state, all the unwholesome skills should pass away immediately. You cannot see it pass away immediately because your mindfulness is not precise. If you train, uh, train again and again, your mindfulness becomes so precise, the moment the mindfulness knows it, the moment it passes away. You can see it very clearly in the meditation. Okay? Okay. So, now come back to the trigger. Uh. When the trigger, the cause is impermanent, the effect which is your emotion state, where various emotion state cannot be permanent. You must have faith in this one. It is also very logic, right? So if you have faith, huh, it cannot be permanent. It is permanent because of our grasping. Then let go of the grasping. You got to teach yourself, teach your mind how to react positively according to the Dharma. Only then you grow spiritually. Not only sitting there, no. no. Sitting there, it helps, but not helps completely. If you lack of investigation of the Dharma, and if you, lack, if you are lacking the skillful means to tackle the cause. Huh? If you have all this, then life becomes so easy for you. Hmm? Okay, so when you... Uh, Buddha says, huh? he abides contemplating in mind both its arising and vanishing factor. So you contemplate the cause and effect, you also see the impermanency of both cause and effect. That's what Buddha meant. Huh? Okay, or else, ah, the important one comes again, or else mindfulness that there is mind is simply established in him to the extent necessary for bare knowledge and mindfulness. This is very important sentence, but many people cannot understand. Huh? Let me repeat. Or else, mindfulness, that there is mind. There is mind. Only mind, no I, not mind, not myself. 
right? This is Buddha emphasized. There is mind only. Not I, not my, not myself. Huh? Uh, this is an important one. And when the mindfulness knows, aware that there is mind, huh? then when the mindfulness becomes precise, strong, then to the extent necessary for bare knowledge. Bare knowledge means inside knowledge. For inside knowledge to arise, there is mine, and this mine is not I, not my, not myself. It is impermanent. It is conditioning. It is cause and effect. For this bare knowledge, for this insight to arise, huh? when you have mindfulness, and your your mindfulness must be strong to the extent for your insight to arise that all this mind are impermanent, just a mental state, not I, and suffering, and just a conditioner. So mindfulness can lead to insight. This is what Buddha meant here. Okay. And he abides independent, not clinging to anything in the world. When you understand uh, cause and effect, yeah? when you contemplate all cause and effect, then you understand there's no I, no mind, no myself internally as well as externally. Then you do not cling to anything in the world. How should you cling? Everything arises depend on cause and effect. Everything is in the state of arising and passing away. Huh? Of being oppressed by constantly arising and passing away is unsatisfactory. It is suffering. So the mind wants to let go of all clinging because the mind starts to know the clinging is the truth of all sufferings. So your mindfulness is strong enough for this insight to arise. And when the insight arise, arises in your mind, you abide independent. Do not cling to anything in the world. Thus, that is how a practitioner abides contemplating mind as mind. Okay, is it clear to you? Clear, huh? good. Okay, now we come to how to contemplate the mind, huh? attitude of the mind. What attitude are you practicing with? Right or wrong attitude? The watching mind must be free from all expectation. So mindfulness, huh? watching mind means mindfulness. Mindfulness is without reaction. Please remember this word. Huh? When you're aware of anger, let's say, when you're aware of your anger, and if you react to the anger, you must know there's no mindfulness anymore. Huh? Mindfulness itself has non-reaction. Just aware, non-reaction. The reaction is deformance already not mindfulness. Uh, so if you react, then you should understand, oh, mindfulness has gone. Uh, then call back, call the mindfulness again. Okay. So the watching mind must be free from all expectations, judgment, judge angers, not good, angers, not good. Uh, it's good when you cannot control <coughs> anger. Uh, but as a practitioner, 
we can learn a lot from the anger, right? Because we are practitioner, we do want to. We understand anger is not good, but while you are practicing vipassana, you judge anger is not good. Anger is not good. This no more practicing. Yeah, this no more no more practicing vipassana. We are judging, uh, and so no judging. Yeah, during vipassana practice, no judging. You just know anger has a reason. Then apply wisdom. Anger is just a mental state, not I, not mine, not myself. It's a cause and effect. It's conditioning. It's impermanent. It's suffering. Keep on, keep on telling yourself until it become imprint in your mind. Next time when anger come, oh, I know it's impermanent, and let go of it, become very fast. And this is also how I practice. Huh? This is also how I practice to the extent I can let go very fast. So mindfulness, uh, watching mind has no judgment, no preference. Oh, this good, this bad. Huh? Whether good or bad, all become the object of your observation. Huh? No preference. Don't choose good. And if you choose good and kick out the bad one, this is called habitual pattern of reaction. No, we should not do like that. Huh? And free from bias. Keep the mind in the middle. Watch different mental states in a dispassionate way without getting involved. Like yesterday, I have shared with you. Let's say fear arise in view, in 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 you. Huh? Then identity view will quickly identify fear as my myself. So you got to stand back. Let the mind stand back and look at this fear in a dispassionate way in a dispassionate way without getting involved all your emotions arise from the fear huh? so you keep your attention here but also stand back try to imagine huh? you stand back and look at this fear in a dispassionate way don't regard the fear as my fear you got to put into practice, then you know. Huh? I teach you the technique, the skill only. Okay. And also, when the fear is there, let everything come and go. Huh? Don't, if you cling to it, it stays very long, as I say. Huh? But you, if you cling to all these mental emotions, huh, then it stays very long. I already told you, it also wants to go. <laughs> fear also wants to go. Huh? Anger also wants to go away. Greed also want to go away, but because you cling to it very strongly, they cannot go under your grip. <laughs> they cannot leave you. <laughs> so you got to learn, let it come, let it go. Huh? Let it come, let it go. Like the passing cloud in the sky. Imagine you sitting on the river bank and watching the passing, passing cloud. Do you have intention to hold on to the passing cloud or not? No. Similarly, uh, you can imagine uh, you are sitting on the river bank, admiring the passing cloud. All these emotions are the passing clouds. Don't hold on to it. If you do not hold on to it, automatically it will go away because Buddha said all formations are impermanence. All, uh, all 
phenomena or formations or mental state arising and passing away constantly in fast speed. But why we cannot see? Why we cannot see is so quick, so swift, arising and passing away? Because of holding on. Because of grasping, holding on. That's why it cannot, it cannot go away. So the problem comes from our grasping. Grasping is also same as clinging, craving, which is the second noble truth. The truth of origin of suffering. The first noble truth is origin of suffering. The first noble truth is the truth of suffering. Why? Right. So the truth of suffering must has its causes. So what are the causes? Holding on, clinging, grasping, craving. So in order to live without suffering, you've got to remove this clinging, grasping, holding on, and craving. When the origin of suffering gone, the effect, the suffering also will go away. So, take a wise person, a wise person take the if, the cause, the origin. A foolish person take the cause, the effect. So, be a wise person. Okay. Okay, now we are watching pain. Huh? While watching pain, because pain is our intimate friend, huh? always there. Okay, so while watching pain, be aware of the mind that is watching the pain, not the pain itself. You know how to watch pain arises. Don't look at the pain. Now we are today. We are watching the mind, huh? not watching the physical. So when the pain arises on the leg, don't look at the pain. Look at the mind here, here. And connect the mind to the pain. See the reaction of the mind. Here from here. Huh? So if a, a dislike, a dislike occur because of the pain, then directly look at this dislike here, here. Don't look at the pain. Huh? Don't look at the physical body. And if aversion arises, look at the aversion. Look at it at, in a dispassionate way. Don't identify the aversion as you, as I, my, myself. Just know it's the effect. Effect of what? Of the cause. What's the cause for that aversion to arise? Pain. Right? Pain. So try and look the change of all your mental state here. Forget the physical sensation. Later, I will ask you sit long so you can <laughs> you can experience the pain and watch the mind how the mind react to the pain and look at your reactions. You got to put into practice, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Then recognize phenomena or the ph mental phenomena: anger, joy. 
Now we talk about all the unwholesome state, huh? aversion, greed, and anger, pain. We want them to go away very quickly. Huh? So we become very attentive, huh? want them to go away. But when the happy, happiness comes, joy comes, then subconsciously we want to say, oh, stay longer, stay longer, don't go away. <laughs> this, is, this is called bias, preference, right? Also not correct. So whether you experience happiness, joy, same. Apply the same method I teach you. Huh? It's only a mental state. It's only a happy mental state. It's also not I, not my, not myself. If not, the mind will quickly cling to the happiness. We don't want it become impermanent. <laughs> we want it permanent, permanent. Huh? This is how mind react. The natural mind react in this way. Huh? So all type of mental state, good or bad. Huh? Anger, joy, greed, hate, confusion, tension, fear, sleepiness, pain, happiness, depressions, stiffness, remorse. So recognize them first as they arise. Let them be what they are. Merely impersonal mental events. Identity view, identity view stubbornly remains intact, con contaminating, con con contaminating our mental stream a habitual reaction to almost everything that arises as arises as body and mind as body and mind if delusion leads us to spontaneously grasp at emotions as mine or myself the remi the remedy the antidote huh, is to disidentify and see phenomena as impersonal i have share with you already huh? and to depersonalize or disidentify is to mentally note any arising emotion repeatedly as mere emotion mere mental state look upon this mental state dispassionately see whatever arises as foreign as third party as empty or or void of self. In this way, one frees oneself from entanglement. Free yourself from entanglement. From a psychological point of view, this way of looking at things allows one to step back. One separates emotionally and is thereby relieved of the worry and fear that in truth does not belong to one. In, real, in reality, physical and mental phenomena momentarily arise, perform a function and naturally fall away. If it does not fall away, it's because of our grasping. And now it's walking meditation. I want you to uh, you can walk first maybe using your breath or aware of your movement. Today is different from yesterday. Eh? But the moment any thoughts, any mental state arise in you, then forget all the physical one. Pay attention to the mental state. Today is contemplation of mind. 
But if nothing pop up in the mind, then you can aware either your breath or your footstep. Okay? Anything that pop up, then you can stand still. Then wash the mind, wash the mental state. Uh, the way I share with you just now, the way how to observe, how to wash. If you can learn this one uh, while walking and at the same time aware of any arising state, it's very useful for your daily life. When in your work you deal with people, sometimes you know, a lot of emotion can arise. So if you become familiar with this practice uh, in your daily life while dealing with people, also you become very sensitive to your thought and you can immediately contemplate it and see it arising and passing away. So at that time, if you can you know, apply and see it is arising and passing away very fast, then any time, any moment is the time of your practice. You don't have to purposely sit two hours, you know, <laughs> no. Even you are move, you are moving around, working with people, dealing with people is the time for your practice. Okay, okay. So walk, huh? and it's better to walk slow because the floor is very noisy. Huh? Walk slow. When you walk slow, you catch easier your emotion state. Now, tell me a little bit how you practice. Then we can discuss huh? how you. Watch your mental states. I Do you apply what I have shared with you? It doesn't work. So uh, you once uh, when you contemplate it as a mental state and investigate and contemplate uh, disidentify, it doesn't work. The jealousy doesn't uh, subside even a little bit. I think it's just a, a longer experience for me. Yes, right. Because this is only first try, huh? yeah. First try. If you first try. Uh, and you can see it disappear very quickly. It means that your inside is very sharp. <laughs> but I want you to know the technique on you. Huh? Then you apply it every day. Gradually, your mind becomes very familiar to it. Then your you will experience is fast arising and passing away. Okay. So if um, if you cannot overcome the jealousy, then you replace it with other other mental, other um, skillful, like as you say, you read the book. Or you use the opposite mental state, like sympathetic joy, rejoice in other people's good deeds to keep out that jealousy. Okay. Okay. Any, any, yes? I sort of had the opposite You mean you feel less anger as before, right? Yeah, 
Yes, and, yes. I, and I, so I recall those situations which I, at that moment mm -hmm. I was quite angry. Uh, but in recalling those, I didn't find, I didn't feel a rekindling of that anger. Very good. This means that anger has. Uh, this means that that anger is impermanent. Yes. Right? Yes. Now, when you try to recall and you don't feel that anger as before, this shows you that anger is impermanent. This is also one of the reasons I want you to recall. If you still feel the same, then yes. that anger is. <laughs> your grasping to that anger is very strong. But now, once you recall, you feel that anger is not the same as before. It's a sign to show you that anger is impermanent. Good. Good. So do you, but you still feel a little bit, right? Or I, I don't can still recall and, and feel a little bit, yeah. Mm. But it's not as, as potent okay. as Okay. Okay. No, no space for you to. Right in that moment, it's, it's fast. Yeah. Maybe your mindfulness is not sharp enough. No. You got to keep on practicing until it becomes so automatic. Yeah. But at least you know you are missing something. You know, so you fill up the gap by constantly applying that mindfulness. The most important today, I want you to learn the skill only, and that skill has to be. Uh, to improve through constant practice, right? Okay. Yes. Um, I um, I had trouble bringing up. I usually think of trying to bring up a negative emotion, mm -hmm. that negative mm -hmm. one, which nothing came up for me. Very good. So, <laughs> so I said I'll try because it says no bias. Mm -hmm. So I brought up something to then. I was happy, joyful coming yeah. over this morning, okay. so I applied it to that. Okay. And and it, it seemed to work, and I've never done that before, Good. applying it to the opposite. Mm -hmm. and when I applied it, surprise, I didn't feel sad <laughs> that the happiness had gone away. Good. So very good. It's a way of to experience impermanent. If you experience more, then your mind automatically will let go of that grasping. Okay. Yes. I went outside and was walking around and I was trying to specifically notice the vagueness as it arose. Notice of what? The, the vagueness, the feeling tone, the second foundation. The feeling, okay. Yeah. And trying to break that out is not getting high and high and high and So you mean that while you are walking, I'm not so so clear about what you say. While you are walking, you try to aware notice your feelings. Then you apply what I have taught you. Then 
what it happened? The feeling goes away or it becomes stronger or it subsides or what happened to your feeling? Good, then it's good. Do you feel that you see clearly the feeling subsides? So this first experience, when you can directly see the feeling subside, you have the confidence, the faith. Next time, whether this feeling is unpleasant or pleasant, I'm going to apply the same way, then I will see it pass away. Then you... It comes and goes. It comes and goes. It's the natural law of the Buddha say, all formations are impermanent. It does not subside, then stop forever. Never. Never. Even Arahan has that feeling. So it cannot cease completely. It will appear again. Then subside, appear again. Then if you can see the repeated arising and passing away, then your insight will become strengthened. Your insight of suffering will become strong. Now you only experience the insight of impermanence. You not yet experience the insight of suffering, dukkha, yet. How to experience the dukkha in, uh, in Buddha's teaching? Buddha mentioned dukkha not refer to bodily suffering. Bodily suffering everybody has. Huh? Regardless you are Muslim, Islam, Hindu, Christian, the white, black, Chinese, Indian, as long as you have this body, you have bodily suffering. So this is not what Buddha meant, Dukkha. What Buddha meant, Dukkha is repeatedly arising and passing away. So when you see the feeling subside, you feel very happy. But it comes back, wow, you feel the oppressive nature. Then subside, then it comes back. Then gradually, the understanding of Dukkha becomes clear to you. Good. Next time you experience Dukkha. <laughs> okay. I have a question. This is also when you when you see it as cause and effect, you already accept it. You, it acceptance is already there. Mindfulness including two two things. Huh? One is recognize. The second one is acceptance. We are not pushing it away. You know, we are not pushing it away. We just understand it according to the truth. Yes, that's why I let it let it come, let it go. Let it come in, you accept it. You are not pushing it away. But you also let it go, understand all are impermanence. Yes, because you understand clinging is the source of suffering. Right? Then you must willing to let it go. So acceptance is already there. Okay? okay. I, I worked with anger also. Mm -hmm. And I contemplated the causes and conditions mm -hmm. of the anger. Mm -hmm. And I, I found that by contemplating the causes and conditions, mm -hmm. Good. Because I felt more aware yes. of, of where the anger came from. Yes. 
and without knowing where it came from, mm. it seemed to be more oppressive. Right. But when I could see it, right. it was less oppressive. Right. That's why I say the wise person take the cause. <laughs> Slow person take the effect. <laughs> good, good. Next time, apply this to every mental state. Okay? Uh, but if the moment you contemplate anger, anger, then know it impermanent, then you don't have to investigate cause and effect. Uh, when anger is still lingering in the mind, then you go to investigate why it lasts so long. Because the nature of anger is arising and passing away. But why it lasts so long? That you have to investigate. Then take the cause like what you did, then the effect will disappear. Very good. Okay. Mm. Good. Thank you. My question is, is everything is permanent? Right. You know, the West um tends to talk to friends mm. about permanence in mental states. So what would your suggestion be since none of it is real, right? And then it comes and it goes mm. and it comes and it goes. Mm. Uh, repeat the last part of oh. My question is, is that if indeed these are all mental states that come and go through the teaching, that it's all permanent, mm. and that our suffering comes to grasping, mm. it is not useful then to speak to another person about your mental states since it's permanent. Is that correct? Uh, if you can contemplate it until it passes away, you don't have to speak to to another person, you know. Sometimes you speak to another person because you want to relieve your suffering. You, you need to speak out rather than keep it in your heart. But if you, if you have learned the skill and you have the inner strength to contemplate it directly and see it pass away, then what's the point you tell your person? Unless you want to share with her and teach her how to contemplate the same way you did. You know, if not, I don't think it's necessary because it has already gone. Okay. Mm. Before that, you never see. Okay. Release it. Wait, wait. How you release it? Mm. You don't. You don't note. It's not mine. Myself. Do you note it? Do you. Do you note that aversion is not mine. Myself. Mentally, do you note it? Okay. Mm. 
Let it move. <laughs> when you get tired, you will stop. <laughs> Let it move. It's okay. Uh, you think it as a wind element. <laughs> think because wind element is also subject of contemplation. Four elements. Uh, so it move or oh, wind element, non-self, non-self. I don't want it move. It move non-self. Wind element is non-self, right? It's also a correct method of practice. That you got no no that no need that physical is not important physical not important mind important huh? so just move let it move then you shift your attention to the wind element I'm telling you seriously <laughs> not joking so when you uh, uh, move then uh, either finger or toes move then uh, wind element wind element wind element non-self I do not ask it move, but it move. That's beyond my control. That's what beyond one's control is non-self. So you contemplate non-self, non-self, until you satisfy, then you go back to either breath or anything that arises at that moment. Okay? Boring. Yeah. It didn't subside. It did subside, mm. and then and subside. Then you should stop already. You no need to contemplate again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it would come up, they would come up again. Uh, when they come up, only you contemplate again. When okay. the moment is you see it subside, you stop. Okay. Uh, don't keep on. Don't keep on okay. <laughs> no, because you already useless. Uh, okay. uh, so you go back to the breath. When it comes back again, contemplate again. Only then it's not boring. Okay. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and, then, and then I have another question. Mm. Um, when uh, something like joy would arise, mm-hmm. um, I never, I guess, teaching that. Mm. And so I did that, and uh, it was when it, when did it inside? Did it not mean? Um, mm-hmm. um, it didn't. It didn't subside, but it actually felt like it got. I mean, it subsided eventually, but immediately it mm. kind of got bigger. The joy become bigger. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. This become bigger, become stronger because of your insight. The insight come from contemplating non-self. At this time, it's, it, it's, as, as, as I said yesterday, concentration produced light. Yeah? Wisdom also produced light. Concentration produced joy. Wisdom also produced joy. So the second one become bigger because not because it's impermanent, because the first one already passed away. That become bigger because of your insight. It's a side effect of the insight. It's a good sign. 
Okay. As long as know the skill enough, huh? sometimes we, we need the joy to sustain our concentration also. We need the joy to sustain our practice. So not all the time to carry out. <laughs> sometimes preserve it. <laughs> so that you can sit long, so that you can enjoy your meditation. Joy is also one of the factors of enlightenment. Okay? So you must know when to kick it out, when to keep it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I, I also practice with joy. You no, you grasp you grasp it as my myself. Because of the identity view. Identity view is strongly embedded in our mental stream. Although we do not like it, but as long as identity view, this refinement huh, is not yet completely uprooted from our mental stream. Whether we like it or not, the mind will grasp it. That's why to attain stream enterer, first enlightenment is to remove the identity view. We may not know it, but it's, it's very deeply rooted in our mental stream. Whatever, whether it's uh, unhappy state or happy state, that the mind will automatically grasp it because that refinement has not completely uprooted from us yet. Any other attention to it, it, be, it become appear more and more. It becomes, it keep on coming. But you also can ignore it as I, as I, as I talked yesterday. Huh? You can ignore it because it's become disturbing and it cannot be overcome by contemplating. Then stop it, go back to the breath. Take a deep, deep breath. Breathing in, breathing out, then pause the breath. Then until you cannot breathe, then breathe in, breathe out. Then that thought will subside. The direct contemplation is contemplate it according to vipassana way, impermanence, suffering, non-self. But if it does not work, we have many other ways. But the basic pattern mm. is always it's still there. Mm. The story may be different, but the other mind. That until you uproot it from the very source. Huh? That's why when you become, let's say, a noble person, 
you upload it from the very source, only then it will not. The pattern will change. So far, so far, if you not yet upload it from the very source, it will appear again and again. That's why Buddha says suffering. This call what I say, repeatedly arising and passing away in the same pattern again and again is dukkha. What Buddha meant. So you recognize it is dukkha, dukkha. This is also one of the insight. Uh, if you cannot uh, wanting it to go away is an aversion very slight uh, aversion you know but if you cannot contemplate it through the uh, the inside way then you replace it change it transform your mind change your mind uh, so far only these few things can help at this moment and as your concentrate as your insight goes different Huh? Then one day you will uproot it on the source. Then you will never occur again. That may take a little bit longer, long time, longer time. What you really felt? I want to take in the breath. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. So you cannot you cannot keep it no, here. I had problems, uh, and, uh, uh, I, I haven't been doing this kind of meditation so much. But when I've been doing it, I've been having the instructions that we can also concentrate on a spot in your belly, for example. Then why not but here? Spot you can keep the spot here rather than belly. But why is that? Why why is this? Because mood. Because this one is very uh, because the breath come from here. So it's easy to notice. The breath comes from here, it's easy to notice. Barely so far away from here. This one reason. Second reason, nimitta, I mentioned nimitta yesterday, come from here. So if you notice here, you will never see light. Because you put the wrong the wrong place, the wrong attention to, to, to the abdomen. Huh? The third reason, Buddha never say, keep the attention on the abdomen. We practice what Buddha say. No, you are not used to it only. Yeah. You are not used to it. If you keep on practicing, keep on practicing. First, maybe you follow the breath after one, five minutes. Uh, gradually, you shorten the distance. Uh, bring up, bring up. Yeah. Then, gradually stop here. If you want to break through, your concentration. Mm. Okay. Practice, practice makes perfect. Huh? <laughs> Once you get used to it, everything becomes easy. Huh? Beginning is difficult for everyone. Okay. Yes. Mm -mm. Say it again. So if something arises, mm. whatever it is, it mm. be, you know, a sound, a feeling, mm. a thought, mm. Mm. and then of course very quickly the mind goes to create a version of the vision. Towards that one. Yeah, so mm. is the teaching to focus on the, the whatever it is okay. that arises or on the greater version of the vision? Okay, what do you think? 
What do you? I want to know your answer. What do you think? They don't understand you. You say it again. No, you say it again. You say it again. Listen carefully. Yeah, I want your. I want your answer. What do you think? You should stay with the feeling that's there. Whether no, first one or second one? First. Second. Okay, second. With each experience as it arises, mm. it's not the same. Mm. But you got to tell first one or second one. <laughs> you have to start with the first one. First one, then go to second one. Okay. Other? Second one. Second one. Okay. Second one is more effective. Second, second one is the source. Nah, first one is the effect. So if you contemplation of mind, we have to contemplate the second one, not the first one. First one is only a trigger. Nah, the source is anger, greed, greed and delusion. So if you tackle the second one, it's more effective. And it, it will help your meditation a lot in your daily life too. Whatever deformment it comes, you can contemplate immediately. Then nothing can defeat you anymore in your life. Right? So learn to tackle the second one. Huh? Okay. Any other? Anyone want to share their experience? Okay. Hmm. Mm. Mm. I tried to sidestep them, but because they were uh, you know, paying attention to themselves. You pay attention to them? They, they were absorbed in each other, so mm. they didn't see me. Oh, I see. So it was hard for me to step out of the way. Okay. And one of them almost ran into me, but then stopped at the last moment. Involuntary, mm. Involuntarily, I had an instantaneous hot feeling of anger. Mm. Didn't want it, but there it was. Mm. Do you yeah. not? What's that? Do you not immediately? Like do you what? contemplate immediately? I just didn't understand the words. Do you? Do you con- notice, don't you know it uh, yes, I, I, I stopped, noted it, mm. and observed it, and it uh, as a mental state, mm. and it went away very quickly. Very good. And, and then I felt. Good. Then quickly <laughs> contemplate happy again. <laughs> but I have a question. Okay. No, no. So when you feel happy, you forget. Right. <laughs> forget right. to forget to contemplate happiness. Right. Okay. Yes. Then what's your question? Um, this is from uh, earlier when I was doing walking meditation. Mm. And also Mm. Not that mindfulness mm. deteriorate into um, discursive thought. thought. So mm. I, I'm asking, what's the cause of 
For example, in the, in the example I gave, mm. the, cause of my, the proximate cause of my anger was terrible. Mm. In the example I gave, mm. the bottom wall. Mm. But so, and I could see that. But sometimes I, start, I couldn't see the cause so clearly, and I noticed that it was sort of, my mind, my mind was just sort of like wandering intellectually instead of trying to find a cause. I'm not, this is not clear, I'm not being clear. Instead of being mindful, it mm. was just a lot of, um, when I was investigating, I was just reasoning a lot. Mm. Sometimes uh, investigating is also part of reasoning. But don't, don't drag for so long. Huh? If you keep on reasoning, then you end up in discursive thought, as you say. Immediately you know the cause, then stop. Take the cause, contemplate the cause as impermanent suffering, non-self, then stop. But if you cannot find the cause, forget the cause first. Because it's not clear to you at this moment, then you just contemplate your mental state. Don't find the cause. Because many people will end up finding the cause as become discursive thinking. So you, you, must, you yourself must know. Huh? Investigating has changed to become restlessness. Then stop it. Next time, that cause will appear again. That in incident will, uh, will appear again. Then that cause will come clear to your mind. So one time you fail. It doesn't mean that you fail all the time. Huh? Second time, even in your meditation, suddenly that cause pop in the mind. Oh, it's because of that cause. Okay. Okay, yes. Meta, yes, yes. Yes, of course, of course, of course. Huh? The, there are many ways. The, in Vitaka Santana Sutta, Buddha say in Majjhimanikaya, the um, uh, removing the distracting thoughts. Huh? The, first, uh, the first point Buddha gave is to apply the antidote. For example, anger, apply with uh, loving kindness. Jealousy, then the antidote is sympathetic joy, cruelty, the antidote is compassion, right? Attachment to the immaterial to the material things. What's the antidote? Generosity. Generosity and one more? Contemplate impermanent. Also can. Nah? So you first would I say first apply the antidote. Now we are not talking about vipassana first. If vipassana meditator direct contemplate the anger as impermanent, suffering, non-self as mental factor, but if it fails, because that one is you need very strong insight and mindfulness. But if it fails, then you apply the antidotes. But if you apply the antidotes and still fail, not successful, then Buddha recommended uh, try to reflect the dangers of that mental state. Try to reflect the dangers of that unskillful mental state. Uh, the danger of jealousy, the danger of aversion, the danger of fear, uh, greed, and so on. And if still fail, because mind is very tricky, 
very difficult to tame. So the third Buddha suggested is, uh, oh, the third is try to ignore it. I have shared many, many times already, try to ignore that mental state. How to ignore? Using another one, taking, let's say, listen to the talks, picking up a book and read, oh, and think of something that makes you happy. Uh, so try to replace that unskillful thought with another more beneficial one. This is the third one. The fourth one, Buddha say. If first method say, second say, third say, the fourth one, try to trace the cause. Investigate the cause of that jealousy, the cause of that anger. And when you tackle the cause, effect disappear. This I share with you already. Huh? And the fifth one, Buddha say, uh, if still fail, uh, even cannot find out the cause. <laughs> so if you still fail, Buddha say that you've got to use strong effort. Uh, place the tongue on top of the palate and beat down the unskillful mental state with skillful <laughs> mental state. Bite your tea. <laughs> Buddha also very humorous. Huh? He said, bite your tea. Place the tongue above your palate and beat down the unskillful thought with skillful thought. This is the five ways Buddha recommended. Yes. So um, you often say to investigate the mm, cause. Mm. Isn't the cause always grasping? Uh, not always, but grasping is the root cause. Grasping the the root cause. cause. We, we still have proximate cause. You got to investigate yourself. <laughs> how how can your cause same as my cause, right? <laughs> it's different. Every person have different causes. So you investigate your own proximate cause, huh? and grasping and ignorance. The grasping and ignorance are two root causes. Machimanikaya, I think. The, the, the removal of distractive thoughts. Huh? I think it's Machimanikaya. Vitaka Santana Sutta. The removal of distracting thoughts. Okay, yes. Um, I What is the reason to find out the cause for that emotion? You mentioned uh, you you uh, so your emphasis on good thing or bad thing. Good thing, because uh, sometimes it's not necessary to. That's why I say she has joy. Sometimes we also need that joy to sustain our spiritual practice. But to find out the cause so that you will not identify that joy as myself. When you find out the cause, you understand it's just a cause and effect relationship so that you can remove that identity view. This is the reason, right? 
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.